Hello and welcome to Delving the Draft. My name is Craig and I'm one of your hosts. Joining me this week is... Steve! Yay, we're both back together! <laughs> it's been so long. Oh, Craig, can I say Happy New Year? Happy New Year yourself. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all our listeners. I think I said Happy New Year last week, but I'll say it again just in case. <laughs> well, I did it. That's true. <laughs> This is episode 11. Now let's do a quick roundup of how to get in contact with us. Our main protocol is delvingtodraft.tumblr.com. We're also on Facebook as Delving Into Draft. Our email is delvingtodraft at gmail.com. And finally, you can get me on Twitter as ravak underscore, R-A-V-A-K underscore. Right, news this week. Uh, Grand Prix Denver was last weekend. Did you have, did you watch any of the Denver Grand Prix? I did not watch any of Denver Grand Prix, Craig. I stayed up late to watch the quarterfinals, semifinals, and very little of the final because I was very tired. Anyways, that was a legacy format. It was won by Vidi Wijaya. That's not actually his full name, but I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the full name. Vigianto Wijaya? Anyways, he won. He was very tired at the end <laughs> of it. He was... Interviewed by, uh, Marshall Sutcliffe and he just looked tired and like he wanted to go to sleep because I think it'd been a long day. But anyways, congratulations to him for winning, uh, one of the few legacy Grand Prix which we get nowadays. Um, other news. A new set has been announced. Oh my god. <laughs> now as we know, everything's got their, you know, they've got their code names. So like Ravnica was hook, line and sinker. Uh, and we only recently got told what Sinker was, and that ended up being Dragon's Maze. And we know that the next set is Friends, Romans, and Countrymen. I'm not talking about any of that. From a Magic 2014! Woo! Ignite Wait. your spot. Well, Hold on, Greg. Well, We've just got into 2013, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 yeah. <sighs> anyway, anyway. Yeah, so, continue, continue. So, un- unsurprisingly, <laughs> there's going to be a core set this summer. It's called Magic 2014 because we always run a year ahead for some reason. And the tagline is Ignite Your Spark. And this was previewed with a picture of Chandra in new artwork having just blown a hole in a gate or about to go through a gate which a hole has been blown through. Still not wearing her goggles, so it, it doesn't really interest me. <laughs> Craig, can I, can I ask, Craig? Because they rejiggled all the corset names and things that went from just 8th edition, 9th edition, etc, etc, into, was M10 was the first M set? Yeah, yeah, it went 8th edition, 9th edition, 10th edition, M10. Yeah, what, what is the deal with summer releases? Why not make this, because we're coming up to a release in beginning of February. Yeah. Why, why is that not M13 starting on that release date and everything working its way along like that. What's going on? I have no idea. Like, I know a lot of things are, like, a year ahead or whatever. Or, like, magazine subscriptions is a good one. Like, you'll get your February edition of whatever magazine it is you buy in January. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, why are we an entire year ahead? A whole year ahead? For about six months? <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're like six months ahead. By the time you hit uh, July the 19th, it's going to be out, which is two days after my birthday, so feel free to, you know pre-order me a box for my birthday. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's a year ahead, but yeah, at that stage, it's going to be like five months ahead, so. Yeah. Is it just like too far gone to change it? Like, changing it now would, would interrupt everything. It well, it would, it would make sense, would it? Like, say, you know, we've had M13, and then if they were to say, and next year, you're going to get M13-2? The second? <laughs> no, I just mean changing the, the release dates so they... Uh... 
you know, the match up to the actual year you're playing it in. You're gonna you're gonna have to fill the voice somehow, so No, you don't, you just bring it out at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Wait, so so what? You should say M fourteen comes out now or M fourteen comes out at the beginning of next year? No. You just have God, they've messed up. That's the problem, Craig. Yeah, that's my thing. Messed like, if they were, it's already messed up. They need to fix it. Like, if they were going to move M14 to the beginning of 2014, you need something in the summer. Although, admittedly, we got Modern Masters, and we are going to have another Commander product. They have promised us this. Yeah, but I mean, all, all they needed to say was the, the course set gets released now, and then instead of the new block coming out in October, then the new block would come out in the summer. And then you'd play that, you know, it would just... I, I don't know. Stuck, stuck, yeah. They had the opportunity to change it when they changed it, but they changed it into a funny way of doing it. Strange. Because we all want to live in the future? Yeah, I suppose. And so you're always playing new cards, isn't it? I guess. You're not just playing old cards. <laughs> no idea. I don't know. Last piece of news. Uh, there are two Grand Prix next weekend. Uh, that's Atlantic City, which is standard, and Singapore, which is Return of Ravica Sealed and Draft. So that's January 12th and 13th. And I think I'm done. <laughs> so uh, we also now know what our FNM promo is for this month, and it's Searing Spear. Yay! Uh, um, this... Is this following directly? No, this isn't following directly after Pillar of Flame, is it? Because we had Gitaxi and Probe in between. I think so. Our Friday Night Magic promos have been messed up a bit where we are. Yeah, this is true, because we got um, German uh, Pillars Pillar. of Flames. Yeah. Um, flame and Saul or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, so Seeing Spears, the promo, it's... Artwork is exceptionally similar to the previous artwork. Another guy is getting speared through the chest into a door, the spear going into the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks like it'll be nice. I'll yeah. have one. I'll have one. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather, I, I always prefer to run a promo and a foil over a standard card, but that's all right. Is it the same flavor text as the original card? It is the same flavor text. I thought it was a uh, different flavor text, but no. Sometimes you die a glorious death with your sword held high. Sometimes you're just target practice. Nice. Talking about Searing Spear and Pillar Flame, which one would you rather have? Uh, Pillar, I would say. Simply because it, it exiles the creature, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. But it only does two damage as opposed to three. Hmm. And it's a sorcery speed instead of instant, but it costs one last mana. Actually, I don't know. Searing Spear's good too. It's creature or player. That's a hard call, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick with my gut and say the, the one that exiles the, the dude. Pillar Flame can also deal damage to the player, just can't exile that player. Yeah. I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> already seen Spear, but then again, we're in Return to Ravnica, where everything has three toughness. Nothing yeah, has two, so. The instant speed's really relevant as well, isn't it? But, I mean, I played a mono red sort of, it's basic, really, uh, standard, mono red standard deck, yeah. and it runs both of them, so. I, d- I didn't make a choice between the two, I just played them both. Well, that sounds like the sort of thing you want to do in Mono Red, I'll be honest. Yeah. Right, uh, let's move on and let's talk about, well, it's the new year. Yeah. Uh, what do you do during the new year? Eat lots of food and drink beer. In my particular case, it's cider, but there, there's something else you do. 
Oh, drink ale. Uh, again, I'll leave the ale drinking to you. I'm not a big fan of ales and lagers <laughs> and beers. So at least, at least when we get to the alcohol cabinet, we're going to easily be able to divide that up. But no, no, I'm thinking New Year's resolutions. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Now, admittedly, I don't actually do New Year's resolutions because I think when I was like 10, I made a resolution not to make any more resolutions. And I've stuck by that resolution. <laughs> Until now. Until now. Cause I've decided, why not? It's a new year and not just making general resolutions. I'm not going to say I'm going to start dieting or I'm going to get out more or I'm going to finally, I don't know, throw out all my old magic cards which I don't need and not going to play and, you know, you don't need that many grizzly bears. But no, no, nothing like that. <laughs> going to make magic-related resolutions which are potentially, hopefully, achievable. Now, Craig, are we going to check up on ourselves in a year's time to see if we have upheld these resolutions? That depends entirely on how many I think I've kept <laughs> and how many I haven't. Okay, okay. Because, uh, you know, I want to celebrate my victory, but hide my defeats. Like any true general should. Indeed. <laughs> or and, politician. And, and, <laughs> indeed. And, and lead from the front until it's dangerous, in which case lead from the back. You know, that's sort of looking after oneself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, should I just get on with my resolutions that I've made? Yeah, I think so. Let's, let's see what you've got. Okay, so uh, the first resolution is simply to play more magic. Now, at the moment, generally play on a Thursday yeah. with Steve at your place, and generally play on a Friday at F&M. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily want to play more quantity-wise. I want to play more... I don't know what you call it, breadth-wise or something like that. I want to play more formats, because at the moment, we sort of play... What Commander and Draft and Mini Master on Thursdays. Yeah, and we're dipping a cube now and then. And oh, of course, cube as well. Totally blanking on that. But Fridays is just Draft. And yep. I don't mean... I, sorry, I'm sounding a bit pessimistic. Like, all of a sudden, I hate drafting. This is doubling Draft after all. I'm, I love drafting, but it's every single week. And it is never going to change based on the people who come there. So... I'm not quite sure how I'm going to break out and play more formats, seeing that possibility on Friday. Like, there's, FNM is, uh, limited. I'm always going to want to do that, but I want to play other stuff. I just like to see what, you know, the other parts of the game are like. You know, like, I don't play standard. I don't play modern or legacy or vintage or extended. I don't think anybody plays extended anymore, do they? Mm, no, I don't think so. It's yeah. modern now, isn't it? Yeah. Although, I wouldn't mind playing Extended, just, you know, for the laugh. But yeah, I wouldn't mind playing other formats. Also, casual formats like Arch Enemy or Plane Chase. I'd love to just play some because I've got the cards, but haven't played them. Seems, <laughs> seems a bit of a waste. And Mini Master. Mini Master is so much fun. I'm so glad we started to do that. Yeah. And I wanted to long continue because it's it's just, it's a totally novel and fun experience. It's very quick and fun to play. It's better in groups. Yeah, and it's definitely better in multiplayer. Yeah. Multiplayer Mini Master's a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh you find out that some cards are... Like, bombs in Mini Master are ridiculous, like Lobber Crew. Yeah, Lobber Gutter Cru Snipe. Gutter <laughs> Lobber Crew, Gutter Snipe. Um, Doorkeeper is a bomb. Yeah. Because yes. milling is so powerful when you only have, like, 14 spells in your deck. 
It's completely soul destroying. You're like, ah, oh, I want to play those cards. You feel like, like, ah, oh, they're not a real, real bad person inside when you, when you mill away somebody's rare or something that they really needed to play. Yeah, and it's, it's, I like, like, we've been talking about it for a while. You should definitely play it if you haven't because it's just so much fun. Yeah, I mean, what we did last week was... It was last week we did the Shards of Alara Minimasters. Yeah, we did Shards of Alara Minimasters. Yeah, because we did a Shards of Alara draft months ago, but ever since we've had about five or six packs of Alara boosters kicking about, so we did Minimasters. Yay! Yay. And that was interesting. Yeah, my rare wasn't very good, but I don't think I was winning anyway. Uh, yeah. My rare was rubbish as well. <laughs> it was... It was something to do with dragons. But see, you lessen the disappointment of a bad rare by just having fun playing the game. Yeah. Because, you know, we had, what, 20, 30 minutes of fun as opposed to just the, oh, open, look, 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 oh, the rare's crap. (laughs) You know, I'm giving myself 15 seconds of disappointment instead of 30 minutes of of enjoyment. Yeah, but the the, the crapness of the rare just made it more fun because I was having such a bad time anyway. And it was like, ah, in fact, was it me? It was me that had the dragon... Plus a rupper, wasn't it? Yeah, the one which yeah. it gives dragons plus three, plus three. Yeah, and it's like, obviously I don't have a single dragon. <laughs> um, yeah, so. But I added to the enjoyment. So, more formats, you're saying, Craig? Yeah, more formats. I don't think I can, I don't think I've got the time to play more magic. Like, if, I don't know, Saturdays and Sundays I'm not really doing anything, but it's, I don't know if I can... I don't know where to play on Saturdays and Sundays, so potentially that's somewhere I could look, and thus I could play more formats. But yeah, I think one thing we could do, and like in our play group on on Friday, is just try and up the efficiency of everything a little bit, just to speed things up, because we've probably got time to play other games in between rounds and things. Just there's a lot of um, time wasted, I think. Yeah, that's true. You that know, could be a thing. But then again, you want to keep you want to keep it casual. You want to keep it enjoyable. It's hard to you don't want to mess with it too much. We'll see. I'm, I, that's, that's actually an idea. I may bring along a deck just to play on Friday. See mm. how that goes. Right. Uh, that's resolution number one. There's a long list actually. Uh, resolution number two. <laughs> um, I would quite like to build and play my own cube. I mean, cube is something which I'm totally aware of. Um, it's like you've got a cube, Dan's got a cube. Uh, you both spoke about that two episodes ago, didn't you? Yeah. Um, but I don't have a cube. I think I briefly built one which was basically all the cards in Instrad Dark Ascension, but that's not really a cube. That's more of, well, that's just those two sets, one of. I rather, I like to, you know, design the cube. I quite enjoy that creative aspect. Um, I quite enjoy the challenge of trying to make something a bit balanced, but interesting and, uh, probably, my rules probably for building cube is based on what cards I have. Like, I don't think I'm going to go out and buy uh, cards just to build the cube. So that's a restriction I've sort of self-imposed. Um, so yeah, I quite like to build my own cube. I've absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with regards to that. I mean, I've got 12 months to work that out, so that's fine. And then yeah. obviously play it, because, I mean, it's fun to have a variety of your cards all in one box, but it's not really that useful unless you're playing with them. So I think build, build, building a cube, playing the cube, that's, that's one yeah. of my resolutions. I think, think the hardest part of building the cube is, is accumulating enough sleeves. Yeah, so I mean, that's <laughs> one... Okay, when I said I wasn't going to buy anything, I'll buy sleeves. Although, to be honest, I have been, over the last few months, focusing on buying black sleeves. 
So I may have enough black sleeves, potentially. Are they all the same size? That is a different <laughs> question, and I'm sure I'll work out the answer to that eventually. Hmm. I certainly know I sleeve up my commander deck, and there's one card which is slightly bigger, so I use that for my commander, but we'll find out, we'll find out. Um, Moving on, I would like to invent a casual format. I mean, okay. like, a lot of formats... There's probably, there's undoubtedly more formats that have been invented by the community than have ever been created by Wizards. And I'd quite like to create my own casual, fun format for the game. Again, I have absolutely no clue. I just, again, the challenge of it that I quite like. So I'm just going to throw that out there and we'll see what comes up effectively. <laughs> um, I could combine two and three and just create brand new cards, which is in itself is its own format, and then put them in a cube. Like, does that count? Could I just merge well, them three? I'm not sure. Does that, does, is that not just inventing a whole new game? <laughs> yeah, actually, you've probably got a good point there. and That's that's not really magic anymore. That's just a great desire to work for wizards. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe not creating new cards then. No, I think, I think a format that we can play from a sealed format would be nice. Ooh. We, could, we could create a new, because that would tie in with what we're doing here. Ooh. A new type of draft, new type of a sealed format specifically. Hmm. Mm. I have to think on that again. I've got twelve months, so plenty of time. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, another thing I'd like to do, I'd like to judge more. Although again, the opportunities of that isn't great, but I'm hoping that the next PDQ, which is happening, I will be able to judge again. So get more experience there. I would also quite like to become a judge, like properly level one certified DCI judge, which I guess I'm hoping to do next month in GP London. Yeah, yeah. But if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, just judging more, thus giving me the experience to then become a judge later on, that's one of the goals. That's that's a goal. That's a resolution. That's something I want to do. And Yeah. But I mean, I think you've had that goal for a while now, isn't it? That's not something that's come to you this year and you're kind of like must do this yeah i suppose that that is true yeah okay maybe 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 i should just scratch that off the list yeah (laughs) right a pretty easy resolution i'd like to attend my first tournament as a player i've been to one tournament it was the ptq in dundee i judged it so that doesn't count london's coming up next month and whilst i haven't booked anything i plan to go there and that'll be my first tournament as a player cool which also would be my first GP, which is, I guess, a slightly loftier goal, but that is the goal. Yeah, I shall be there too. I would also like to play more Magic Online. That's something I presently, like, don't do at all. Ah, now you see, this ties in nicely with your playing more formats. Ooh. This Modern, is... standard, well, we can open to online. Yeah, I don't know if I want to invest that much to play Constructed. I tell you a good format online. It's uh, obviously not sealed, but Popper is a great. Oh, Popper! Popper is a, a, a great format uh, online because it doesn't cost you much, and it's as competitive as it gets. And the meta games always change, and it's really fun to play. Ooh, that's a good point. Excellent resolutions, which are working to, with one another in tandem. <laughs> I like this. And uh, yeah, for my final resolution, I'd like to become part of the magic community at the moment oh, I mean, oh Craig you're I not mean, part of the community well I, I don't know I mean am I doing? Yes. I, I guess doing a podcast helps with that yeah um, I mean you're 
you're a bit of an outsider at the shop, you know, everybody kind of just keeps away from you generally, don't they? Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> you're not part of the magic community within the, within the shop, so, I mean, you're going to have a hard job breaking into the community at large. Well, I guess I'll just have to uh, release a podcast and then try to interact with people online, you know, chat yeah, to them so- on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Tumblr and stuff like that. So what 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 you're trying to say is you want to become a, a magic celebrity? No, no, I I wouldn't say that. I'm a magic celebrity. Get me out of here! <laughs> oh dear God, I would not want some <laughs> terrible portmanteau between the two. No, no, I I'm not saying I want to become a celebrity. I'm just saying I'd like to become part of it because I, I mean, yeah, just get to know people really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like get yourself out there and see who who else is out there doing the same thing as us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not like I don't listen to other podcasts, so it's not like I'm unaware of other podcasters. But you know, yeah. I haven't bridged the gap. I haven't actually really got in touch to speak to anyone. So, if anybody wants to speak to me, like on Twitter, that's grand, or email, or whatever. Like at the top of the show, we had all the ways to get in touch with us. Oh, I just thought of a new resolution, which I hadn't written down. What's this one, Craig? What's this one? I'd quite like to do write, write some articles. Oh yeah, like. uh there's some stuff which is probably good to speak out and have a conversation with you with and have it go out there for everyone to listen to. But sometimes the written word is a better format for things. Yeah, simply because you get to put down exactly what you want to say without having to come up with it on the spur of the moment. Yeah, uh, or without someone interjecting or someone actually going, ah, but that doesn't actually work. I mean, admittedly, you don't want to publish stuff of errors in it. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, uh, so yeah, getting articles out and that may be a better way, to, as I say, to get certain information out and, um, yeah. 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 On articles, Craig, are we going to do a set review article for Gatecrash? Ah. ah, this was one thing I did ask. I'm pretty sure I made a post about this, which should have gone through all the various mediums. Yes. I mean, set review season is going to be coming soon. I guess two to three weeks we're going to have all Gatecrash spoiled because it's only like three to four weeks until it's out. Yeah. So, a uh, question to everyone. Would you like us to do a set review? Now, that in itself is a pretty simple question. Although, if you don't know what a set review is, it basically means we would go through each of the cards uh, one at a time and just go like, Hey, look at this card. What do we think of it? Is it, you know, good? Is it too expensive? How does it play? Do we understand all the rules in it? Blah, 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 blah. However, we could do a set review verbally. We can have a long podcast or a few podcasts where we talk it all through. Or we could have a written version of it, which may be better because then, you know, we don't have to be here for like, I don't even know how long a set review lasts, like four hours, five hours, I guess. Probably, yeah. Yeah, like, do you want to listen to us for five hours, or would you like, you know, us to have it written down for you to read, and, you know, you can skip parts. I mean, it's a bit hard to, like, skip to the cards you're interested in if we're just talking about it. There's no obvious gaps, whereas if you're just scrolling through a list, it's a lot easier. So, yeah, would you like a set review? And if you do, would you like it to be a podcast? Would you like it to be written down? Is there some other way we could do it? I can't even think, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, personally, I think we'd be better doing it as a, as a, as a written down article that we can refer to and refer the listeners to. Because I mean, the that style of things being done 
in quite a few places already. Yeah. They sort of talk through each card by card, like you go to YouTube or other podcasts. You, get, you can go anywhere and, and see these same comics get made. And, you know, it's, it'd be nice to have our uh, initial opinions on the cards somewhere that we can, if we've got them written down, then we can at least refer back to them and say, oh, well, maybe I got that wrong. Yeah. Or, you know, this is my view now. And we, we talk about the cards anyway from show to show, don't we? True. So yeah, I just thought, I thought I should ask, like, yeah, if people want it, because if people just don't want it, if people are like, well, we can get it elsewhere, there's sort of no point our way, us wasting our time. There's no point, you know, us wasting their time, your time. Yeah, there's no point wasting time if people aren't interested or they can get elsewhere and, you know, they don't need another whatever podcast or source of knowledge, which is just bumping out the same sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll see what, see what, see what the, uh, the listeners say. Yeah. Do you want to hear my resolutions, Craig? I would love to hear your resolutions. Okay. I've not got many. I've not got as many as you. You're clearly more ambitious than I am this time of year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've built up, what, a larger tower of resolutions. So I've got the furthest to fall, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, mine are quite simple, really. And they're probably falling into the, the zone of like what you're saying before, must lose weight or whatever. The, the kind of, um, go to resolution of the magic player. Okay. You know? So my, my, my first one is, uh, it's, it ties in with what you were saying earlier with, uh, the playing more formats and things. Because I've fallen into the same trap as you, but with only having so many outlets to play magic and we concentrate mostly on limited, we concentrate mostly on cube or whatever. We don't play even standard very much. Uh, and as a result of that, I don't make many decks. So it's like, I just want to be in the habit of making more decks. Cause I think that'll just Im- improve my game over time. But I just, I, you know, I'll, I'll be making more decks and they're kind of more casual decks as well. Because I'm, that's something I miss since taking magic more seriously. I miss making the homebrew kitchen decks that were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Alternate wind conditions and the, <laughs> it's just sort of not done for a long time. Like I had a, right, I had a beast deck back in the day that was just all the beasts I could find. And there were all things like from Kamigawa and things, not Kamigawa. What was it set? No, it was Mirrodin. It was a Mirrodin card. Okay. And th- this was like my favorite deck for a long time. And it had like, uh, Groth Scuffers and Pulse of the Tangle or something that's gone. All these sort of beast themed cards and there was a land card that allowed you to basically fight your beasts against your opponent's creatures and kill them. And it was just a lot of fun. But I've never made a deck like that for ages. And I just want to get in the habit of making more fun casual decks. And the second part of it is to actually play them. Because there's a few times I've just made decks and then never really had an opportunity to play them because we're so limited in time when it comes to playing the game. Sometimes, you know, time's yeah. an issue. Everybody's got other things going on. And uh distance is an issue as well, I suppose. Just getting people together. Yeah. Just to play casual games. You know, I've got to rely on, on my girlfriend to play games when she doesn't <laughs> play that much because she keeps getting beat. <laughs> you know? Does you listen to the podcast? No. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's it, that's it. And, uh, my, my other re- resolution, Craig, it's more along the sort of very general kind of 
non-specific resolution and I can just bluff when it comes to time of testing. Say, Steve, <laughs> did, you, did you do this? I'll be, yes, I did. <laughs> That's generally my... I want to try and change my approach to the game slightly because I kind of, like... I want to say I'm kind of magic bipolar sometimes. <laughs> I have, like, moments where I'm absolutely focused on the game, completely addicted... And hooked into it and just go magic, magic, magic. And like when I'm working, I've got magic in my head. And when I'm at home, I'm sitting playing magic online and all my money goes into it. And it's like, I don't know, it's like when I was addicted to, I wasn't that addicted, but I was, I was kind of hooked on World of Warcraft, the, the, uh, the computer game, not the card game. Yeah. And then anyone who's played that game will know it's like, I don't know, digital crack. <laughs> <laughs> you end up, you end up hooked on it, and uh, magic's like that with me sometimes. And then I'll go into the complete opposite of it other times and be on a bit of a downer. And it's usually about this time of year, kind of end of a well, not the end of a set, but when the format's getting a little bit old. And I'm just like ah, and other things catch my interest because I do other things, Craig. I do other things outside of magic, and uh, I tend to uh, just hit magic rock bottom and kind of burn out. Yeah. For a few weeks or a month or something like that, and then I'll be back up again, like, woo! Magic, 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 magic! <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, so I just want to try and change my approach slightly and try and be a little bit less zoned in on the game and then a little bit less bummed out on it as well. So less obsessed, so that sort of enjoyment just carries on for longer. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I kind of I want to focus on being a casual <laughs> that's terrible but no, I, I do I kind of want to focus on enjoying the game yeah you know, I, 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 enjoy, enjoyment is, should be your primary goal yeah because I'm, it's, I'm, it's not like I'm making money at this Greg you know <laughs> also if you are the sort of person who makes money and has fun making money and winning tournaments then yeah fair enough yeah yeah but that's not necessarily us yeah that's not where I'm at no it's not it's not where 90% 90% Probably ninety-eight percent of players are at, you know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my aim, Craig. Just to try and enjoy the game, you know. And you can ask me next year whether I've achieved that, and I will be able to say yes. Well, uh, uh, that, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that that depends on whether I do my resolutions. In which case, I won't be asking anything because you know I'll be hiding the fact that you know we ever had this episode. Hmm. If anyone would like to get in contact with us and let us know about their resolutions, if they've made any, or if, or if we've encouraged them to potentially think about making some, then get yeah, get in touch. Yeah, get in touch, people. And uh, then we can judge you when it comes to the end of the year and deflect, <laughs> completely deflect. We'll be like, Anderson, did you do this? We want to hear back, and if we don't hear back, we're assuming you fail. Because <laughs> we're nice like that. We care. We do. We we do care. We do care. Right. Enough of talking. Yeah. Well, so is that the end of the podcast? Well, sorry. We're not talking anymore. Enough of talking casually about fun things. Time for a serious part of the show. Serious. Name that card. <gasps> oh my word, I forgot all about name that card. Hey, Craig. <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to try to gloss over that part, because did we not decide that the end of the year was the cutoff for um, the name that card victories? We did. We did. I didn't think you wanted to raise this point, because I can tell you, mm. I'm pretty sure I won. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Let's just double check, because I've, I've... I think it was a narrow victory. 
it was a 4-3 victory in my favour. Yay! Well done, Craig. Thank you. Do I, do, was... I get, do I win a prize or? Um. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. At least you're honest. Giving it to me direct. That's fine. Yep. Yep. So, saying we're going to be doing this again. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. How how are we doing the score? Is it best to a certain number? Is it a certain length of time? Like, I don't want to do it for the whole year, because, you know. That's crazy. That's too long a period of time. Like, this has to be much shorter seasons if this is, like, some sort of competition, so. Okay. Hey, we could, we could do different themes for each season, Craig. Ooh. So we could do, what, four weeks? Or no, it has to be a number you can divide. Like, best out of five? Is that right? Oh, but then somebody could win before the best of fives up. Ah, Craig, how do we do this? Well, I'm not quite sure what you mean by different ways of doing it. Just uh, who wins? How do you decide who wins? Oh, Craig? right. Okay. Um, we could say every three months. So by the end of March. We could just do, like, first to a score. Okay. So that well, doesn't, doesn't go too well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, pick a number. I would say first to four. First to four. Okay. First to four wins. Very well. Challenge accepted. Okay. Oh, I will see you on the battlefield. Oh, wait, we're on the battlefield. Right. Oh, no, we're here. Um, would you like to begin? Yes. Uh, are we still doing Return to Ravnica cards? Or are we moved into Gatecrash ones? <laughs> How well do you think you know Gatecrash? I don't know it well at all. I don't know it well at all. <laughs> but I have a visual spoiler. <laughs> well, that's not very fair. I don't have anything in front of me. Okay, so do I just stick to Ravnica ones just now and we'll do the Gatecrash ones after it released? Okay. Okay. So shall I go first? Go ahead. Okay. I am looking at a card, Craig. That is encouraging. Would you like to have a guess? <laughs> at a card? <laughs> Island? No. Oh well. Worth a shot. Yes. Okay. Uh, right, what card shall I go for? <laughs> you haven't even picked. <laughs> How was I supposed to... <laughs> You're cheating, sir. Maybe. Okay, okay, right. This is a rare. Okay. On the card is a tap symbol. Oh, wow, you are really giving me very little to work. Okay, right. A tap symbol? Like, one tap symbol? There's one tap symbol on it. Okay. The name of the card <laughs> has two words in it. Mercurial Chemister. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Am I allowed to keep guessing, or...? If you want. Okay, cool. Well, I've narrowed it down, okay. <laughs> right. How do we... Right, okay, I've got, I've got two options here. Hmm. I don't know if I've chosen the right card today, Craig. Wait, I'm going to give you the, the flavour text. Okay. Crafted with genius, energised with madness. <gasps> oh. Uh, energised with madness. Crafted with genius, it sounds isity. Mm. Um, but is that a red herring? How about you give me a little more? Okay. The card has both red and blue mana symbols on it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's an is a card. It's a rare is a card. Yep. Was it crafted with genius? Crafted with genius, energized with madness. 
<laughs> could no, no, it couldn't be that. So hmm, there's only a few, so I should easily be able to narrow down. But it, my brain's just not. No, it's it can't be Niv Mizzet Draco Genius. It is not. Okay, then you are going to have to give me another clue. Ooh, okay, okay. Let me see. What can I give you here? I mean, Amelia, I should I should already know it by now. Like there are so few cards that that could actually be, but okay. The card has two subtypes. <laughs> okay, so it's a creature something something. Um, wait, wait a moment. <laughs> I think he has it. Wait I think moment. he has it, folks. Is it Guildgate? No. No. Oh it's God. Not. <laughs> Hmm. Wow. I, I feel like I'm off the horse. Um, Guildgates aren't rare, Craig. <laughs> Guildgates aren't rare. <laughs> um, You're close, though. It's Steam Vents? It is Steam Vents! Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, it's not rare. Oh, just, ah. Ah, I, I think I'm off the horse. You've been winning for the last few ones, actually. Yeah, it's gonna start cheating, Craig. Ever since the, the straight up Ravnica card got deployed. That is three. true. That is very true. Right. Um, in front of me I have a card. Right? <laughs> <laughs> is it a fencing ace? It is not a fencing ace. Oh. However, just like fencing ace, it is uncommon. Hmm. Intriguing. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there are. I'll I'll give you the flavor text. Okay. It's sent into ungilded districts by the Orzov to collect the souls of those no one will miss. The Orzov? Yeah, the Orzov. I know I'm mentioning a a Gatecrash guild in Return to Ravnica. What is going on? Yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think what the flavor text on Daggerdrome is. That sounds like something that... What was the flavor text again? Go again, Craig. Go again. It's sent into ungilded districts by the Orzov to collect the souls of those no one will miss. Hmm. I do not know what that is. Shall I give you a little more then? <clears throat> okay. It also has two words in the name of the card. Is it Slum Reaper? Oh my goodness. How did is you it? get that? <laughs> you- <laughs> You have stolen all of my, I don't know, jamminess, sir. <laughs> yeah! I just like, name a card. Hmm. Orso Black. Yay. Yeah. I should close the dagger drum imp, because I think it gets sent in. <sighs> That's a little imp. It can, it can, well, I suppose it could collect souls, couldn't it? Mm. Dagger yeah. drum imp. One of the many reasons why open air markets close at dusk. Is that what that one says? Yeah, that's what that one says. Mm. Oh, oh, I just remembered something. Flavor text. Now, this is something I wasn't aware of until quite recently. It's something I found on the MTG Salvation Forums. I'm not quite sure of it elsewhere. But apparently, if you look at the guild gates... Oh, I heard. I saw this. I saw this. Yeah, if you look at the guild gates, like you can do it right now, you'll find there's a few letters, generally four letters, which are slightly raised above the baseline in the flavor text. Like, they slide slightly above the other... um, letters in the words. Yeah. Now, 
Let me... Now, is this just the um, the the new Guild Gates, or is this including the ones we've been playing with already? No, this includes this. This includes the Return to Ravnica Guild Gates, but it's also on the Gate Crash Guild Gates. Yeah, I, th- I seem to think it's more prominent on the new ones. But um, well, I mean, I never noticed this. This was something I was totally unaware of until I found this topic. I do not actually have any Guild Gates in front of me. Yeah. Because I've, I've got two. I've got a uh, Azorius and Selesnia. So can you see? Like, can you see any of the letters slightly raised in the flavor text? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, the booklet, and in Rakdos Guildgate, the D in indulge is slightly raised. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to see, admittedly. Like, yeah. it's subtle. I mean, so subtle, totally missed it. But anyways, apparently, if you take out all the letters they've raised. And you read them in a certain... It's like if you read them down the guild gate... It's something complicated to explain, but anyways. In Return to Ravnica, it reads, The Guilds of Ravnica. Mm. Now, this statement is potentially finished, or maybe it's just like the middle part. But it continues in the Gatecrash ones. Apparently, it continues with, We'll destroy each other. So that means the entire <laughs> thing reads, The Guilds of Ravnica will destroy each other. Interesting, Craig. Interesting. Now, I'm not going to bother speculating, like, does this mean something? What does it say about Dragon's Maze? Does this mean we're never going to re-re-return to Ravnica? I don't really care about that conversation. I just thought, this was cool, something I didn't know, so I thought I'd share it with everyone. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty rubbish if it didn't predict something for the for the last set. I mean, I I have my own personal predictions for some stuff which may happen in Dragon's Maze, but I don't necessarily feel, feel like sharing it's any good. I'm just... I'm completely speculating off of no evidence, and I'm just rumour-mongering. So, I don't... <laughs> I don't see the need to, like, go into a whole topic about what I predict about Dragon's Maze, because who yeah. cares? We'll, we'll find out in time, and it'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. We know I mean, it'll be cool. I mean, one thing I can speculate, Ral Zarek is going to be a planeswalker. I'm stoked. <laughs> is it Planeswalker? That's what I was expecting from the new Jace. But I'll be like, happy with Ral Zarek, I'll be honest, you know. Yeah. 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 Right, anyways, um, enough about Guildgates. Let's talk about other proper cool cards. Yay! It's still Gate Crash spoiler season. It shall be for a little while. We, we talked about some cards last week. Let's talk about some more. Yay! Uh, is there anyone to start with, or? Yeah! Did you have a look at... Uh, see, I only listened to part of the show last week, Craig. Have you had a look at Enter the Infinite? No, Enter the Infinite has been... is new since last week, so... Ah, cool. See, to me, I really like Enter the Infinite. Shall we tell everyone what it is first? Yes. Okay. Or would you like to tell everyone what it is first? Yes, I will. Okay. Okay, Enter the Infinite is a mythic rare. It costs eight colourless mana and four blue mana. Hey, that's eight and four. That's a lot. Twelve. CMC is twelve, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sorcery speed and allows you to draw cards equal to the number of cards in your library. Right. <laughs> right. So draw your deck. Yeah, and then you put one card from your hand on top of your library, which now becomes your library. Yeah. And you have no maximum hand size till your next turn. Well, that's handy, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this is one of these cards that just reassure me that this is the direction that uh, Mythics are going these days. That they're, They've got big, splashy effects that you're 
you know, you're, you're kind of unlikely to need every day of the week, but every now and then you're going to want to do this. Like, uh, it's like omniscience. Like for, for so long, omniscience was this totally unplayable card. And now you get Om- Omnidor comes to standard. And it's like, we're seeing more cards like Enter the Infinite and less cards like Baneslayer Angel, which were, uh, like four of, you must, you need four of these in your deck and they're mythic rare and they're really hard to get. It's, you know, it's, it's more like the, they're just giving you these powerful cards, but they're only powerful in very specific circumstances. And in this case, it's when you've got 12 mana available and four of it's blue. You know, so it's, it's not going to like bust the game open, but it's a really cool effect that you can play with. I gotta say, I got a quite a, the opposite view. Like, I don't mind cards like these. Yeah. But I, I do not want to see an Enter the Infinite, uh, omniscience in every set because, you know, when you open that mythic, you want to be wowed. Like, okay, sometimes if you, like, in M12, if you opened like Grave Titan, Potentially, you could just win the draft, or even if you open Pack Rat and return to Ravnica, that can just win you the entire draft. Yeah. But when I open a Mythic, I want to have something amazing and cool, or something I can just jam into this deck, or something which makes me want to play this deck. Enter the Infinite is not playable unlimited. Yeah, it's just I think they're being very careful about how uh, it affects the secondary market. Do you know what I mean? You don't want people being put off the game and put off the. The standard format or the or the modern format simply because cards are so expensive, and printing really powerful cards at Mythic is going to just push the price of them up. Like really, you know what I mean? Like staple powerful cards. Yeah, I suppose it's true, but I'm worried about it in the limited sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's that, like that's that's what, I mean that's that's what we really care about in all honesty. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and, like, for, for limited, you're gonna be sad to see this. Cause you're never gonna cast it. No, but I, if you do, if you do, you're gonna be really happy with yourself. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you get up to, well, I don't know, I mean, how much is gonna be left in your library and what is gonna be an answer? By the time you draw your, what, 12 out of 17, 18 land. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if there's any commons or uncommons which, uh, would allow you to recycle your, your, your graveyard. Because obviously if you had those in, like, I'm just speculating here, but if you had something like that, this card would tutor it to your hand. <laughs> and you would have no problems. True. You know, I, I guess it could be cool if they've catered for it. Yeah, there's something which allows you to cast, like, something like Guild Feud, but a spell equivalent to Guild Feud. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I don't really want to see another Guild Feud, but, you know. No. Um, I, I like the flavour text, that is one thing I really do like about Enter the Infinite. Yeah. Don't just have an idea. Have all of them. <laughs> Niv Mizzet, he's the man. Or dragon, but whatever. Yeah, he likes doing his uh, quotes, eh, for the press. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he was in seclusion ever since the the, dis, what, the dissension of the Guild Pact, the breaking of the Guild Pact. I was, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the storyline, but yeah. He's now a very chatty, chatty man. Yeah, leaving quotes all over the place. Yep. I don't think this card was spoiled last week. It's another one of the guild leaders. The Boros guild leader, Aurelia the war leader. And like oh. all the other ones, she costs double red, double white, and two colorless on top. Nice. Now, she is a six drop, and she is only a three four, but she's got flying, cause she's an angel. She's got vigilance, because she's white, and she's got haste, cause she's red. 
which I I mean, would you want a three four flying vigilant haste six drop? Well, Craig, I think the answer to that question is yes. I would like this on my side. I to be honest, I did ask that question and realised you do get worse six drops, but in uh, return to Ravica, but a uh, mythic. Mm. Anyways, Aurelia does have more text. Whenever Aurelia the War Leader attacks for the first time each turn, untap all the creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Yes. So yes. she actually comes out and swings for six and swings with all her friends twice. So, I mean, I like it. Yeah, that's just big. This is that big silly mythic bomb you're talking about that you just jam in your deck and you're happy about. <laughs> you know? I mean, yes, but I, I think, like, at least with guild leaders, they are narrow enough due to the intensity of their casting requirement. Yeah. Like, sure, if you're playing Boros, you will want to jam two or three Aurelia into your constructed deck, but who cares about constructed? But, you know, it's not the easy to cast Mythic, which everyone needs, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just straight up powerful, isn't it? It's- yeah, and, and you know, Aurelia is an extra guy, which is what you want with Boros, because Boros needs that magical number three. Three mm-hmm. guys want to be attacking. And she attacks. Undoubtedly, you're going to have guys with Battalion. They're going to get their benefits, and they're going to get their benefits again, presuming they survive blockers. Yeah, um, and you get you get to untap all creatures you control. It's not even just the guys that attacked that get to untap. It's all the other guys you've used for other things. You know? Yeah, so uh, other things have been tapped. Whether for tap abilities, or they've been tapped down because... I don't know, I don't think we've actually seen any spell... No, we have seen spells which tap down, so there are spells which tap, so... Yeah. You know, um, hands of binding, there we go. Um, so yeah, she she readies the troops for more action. Which is what do you expect in a war leader? Yeah, she's sweet. Yeah, and, and the picture's pretty cool too. Yeah, and like, she's not ridiculously... Like, it's not, she's not Avacyn, you know, she's not indestructible and... You know, she's vulnerable enough to things to... You know, she's only a 3-4... Yeah. You know? There will be things which can contend with her in disguise. Yeah. But haste? Ooh. Vigilance? Ooh. Flying? Ooh. I mean, to be honest, I do like those three <laughs> words. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I, I think she's going to be good. I think you're going to be happy when you open her. Definitely. Definitely. Well, the card that I like, and this is just on a, a flavour position, I suppose. Do you remember Turn to Frog, Craig? I yeah, this is that was an M twelve, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it was like turn to frog. I turn your guy into an actual frog. Your guy's a frog. Enjoy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the blue card for one mana, instant speed. Now and it's got a word on it. Oh, oh wait, I'll tell you the name. The name is rapid hybridization. Is this one you talked about before? No. Again, this is since uh, this week. Yeah. So it's a, week. it's a one mana uncommon instant. And unusually for blue, it's got the first sentence is destroy target creature. Oh my god, magic have broken the colour pie. Again. Order is chaos, <laughs> chaos is order. What is going yeah. on here? Yeah, yeah. Destroy target creature, full stop. And for one mana, I mean, this is strictly better than murder. Yeah, it is. And then it goes on, it can't be regenerated. What? That, that is, that's better than murder. Yeah, but then the best bit comes, Craig, the best bit. That creature's controller puts a 3-3 green frog lizard creature token onto the battlefield. It's a frog, Craig. 
Have yourself a giant frog. <laughs> you know? It's, this is just a random crazy card. Oh, so that's a nice guild, guild leader you've got there. <laughs> Have a frog. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's also an instant speed frog on your side of the table. So you've got cards within blue. I don't know if you've talked about, uh, was it Evolve, the mechanic is? Yeah, we've spoken about Evolve. So there's, you've maybe got two or three Evolve creatures in play. And they generally start off pretty small. They're 1-1s, 0-1s, this sort of thing. Your opponent's attacking you. You can destroy your own Evolve creature, pump up your other Evolve creature, and get a 3-3 at instant speed. It's like, woohoo! I think that's probably where it's going to be used more, because I don't see giving your opponent effectively a Centaur is a good idea. Yeah, it depends what you're hitting. True. Depends what you're hitting. If it's something ridiculous, it may be worth it. So this can either be used to make one of your little guys bigger and all your other guys bigger because presumably you're Simic. Yeah. I mean, it could be Demir, admittedly. Or you're getting rid of one of their bigger guys for something a bit smaller. So it is it is very useful for one mana. Craig, Craig, you can still be Azorus. In the, in, in, in the, I am not talking about the... <laughs> We're only just getting this preview. That's not confuse people by thinking... We don't even know what's draftable yet. Like, what yeah, is good. but I'd imagine all the color combinations will be draftable in the end. And it's going to be, what, one pack of Guild Gatecrash and two packs of Ravnica? No, no, it's Triple Gatecrash. Is it Triple Gatecrash? Yes. Oh, that's news to me, Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, I just assumed we were going one and two. No, no, no. Gatecrash is a large set. It's Triple Gatecrash. Woo! Craig, that's total news to me, right? Oh, I, I swear yeah, I've told you this before. I swear this is just your memory. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. No, no, this is triple gay crash. So, keep so that. hold on. In the last set, did we go? Oh, what we, what's going to happen, Chris? This has never happened before. Uh, this is just like Abyssin Restored. Think of this as Abyssin Restored, but it's the second set. Oh, the world's turned upside down. Everything's crazy. The sky's falling. It's all weird. Okay, I accept it. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> Right, um, the next card, which has been spoiled in blue, this is cool. It's a rare, it's a sorcery, and it costs six mana, four, double blue. So we've wrapped all three packs of the same set. <laughs> yes, when when you go to your pre-release, you're going to get your guild booster and your five gay crash boosters. When you go to your drafts, you're going to get three gay crash packs. You're not going to be seeing that blue of Return to Ravnica for a little while. Oh my word. Oh. Okay, okay, I'm over it now. I'm over it now. Right. So the card I was trying to tell you about. Stolen Identity. Yeah. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target artifact or creature. Oh, that's nice. So it's... I was going to say clone, but... Is it clone? It is clone. I think so. No, sorry, it's not clone. It's put a a token onto the battlefield. Talk talk rubbish. So you get a token of any creature you like. Then it has the word cipher at the end. Yeah. So you then attach Stolen Identity to one of your creatures, potentially the creature you just created, every time that creature hits the opposing player, you get a great another token. Right. Here's something I'm not entirely clear on, Greg. See Cypher? Mm-hmm. With Cypher, you get to use the ability and then it imprints onto the card. Not imprints. What's it? Yeah, Encodes. Encodes, yeah. So yeah. when you cast so- an identity, you create a token of something else. Yeah. And then you effectively attach, like an aura, or an equipment, except for it's in code, mm-hmm. to a creature you have. 
cool. Because I was just, I was just checking because I wasn't sure if you just put this straight on a guy like an aura. But obviously it's better than that. You get to actually cast it and then, and then it does its stuff. Yeah, uh, the best card I think for this to explain is Call of the Nightwing, which uh, it says put a one one blue and black horror creature token with flying onto the battlefield, cipher. So what you do, you cast Call of the Nightwing, it creates this <laughs> flyer, and then yeah. you can cipher onto any creature you have, including the flyer you just created. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I find that card the best card to explain the cipher mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you get a token of anything, and then you can keep getting tokens of anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh. It's and, cool. And so, ah, uh, see, I, now I was getting mixed up, because I was thinking of this in the context of drafting it with Ravnica. I was thinking, God, can you imagine that on uh, Fence and Ace? You know, or, like, what would you need anyone who picks up a, a double-strike creature with this? I never <laughs> even thought of double-strike with Cypher. <laughs> huh. Is there going to be no no double strike then? No, there's going to have to be. There's going to have to be some double strike, isn't there? Definitely. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I never considered double strike and cipher. This is oh spicy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's going to be fun. Hopefully, oh. there's no unblockable creatures. As wait well. a moment. Wait a moment. Where's cipher got to? Whenever you ah de- oh, deal combat damage, I was going to say if you could put it onto a pinger. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's combat damage, so that's okay. They thought it through, they thought it through. Yeah. Glad somebody did. I think another one... Oh, I'll tell you another one I saw, Craig, that I quite liked. Mm -hmm. The one mana, one one in white, the uncommon Boros Elite. Did you speak about him? We did, we did. Ah. See, my my, my thoughts on this guy were basically very reminiscent of uh, Metalcraft. There was was, uh, cards like this which were very weak. If you didn't have Metalcraft, but if you met the conditions, they became really good. Yeah. So if you meet the conditions of this guy, you potentially could be attacking with a 3-3 three, three in turn 2, if you can somehow do it. You know? Uh, yeah, possibly, yeah. But even turn 3, a 3-3 three, is pretty nice. Yeah, if you play like Boros Elite, turn 2, Boros Elite, Boros Elite, turn 3, swing for 9. Yeah. Pretty good. Or even... <sighs> Yeah, they need to be attacking, so they need to not have summon sickness as well. Tricky. But, you know, e- even things like uh, token producers and stuff could be good with this guy. I think this guy just could get out of hand pretty quick. Unfortunately, potentially, he is an uncommon, so you're not going to see tons of them. Yeah. But, yeah, having a 3-3 three, three for one mana, because Boros wants to be attacking with Battalion, quite clearly. So Yeah. And also, it's... Here's another thought on this guy. He's a 1-1 one, one for 1, which is generally pretty bad. But then late game, he's not such a bad draw because you've got more of a board presence. And he's now potentially a 3-3 three, three for 1. Yeah. Doesn't impact how much mana you can spend or that very much. Yep. Yeah, quite like that guy. Um, Another white card, which I... So we obviously had launch party. Oh, and God, I think yeah. we kind of agreed... That was a rubbish name. Yeah, yeah. This I, this card, I think, has a great name. Murder Investigation. Oh, yeah, that one's a really cool one. I love the flavour on that one. Yeah. You, it's, you uh, end up with the little CSIs coming out. Indeed. So Murder <laughs> Investigation is one and a white. It's an uncommon enchantment aura, and you enchant a creature you control. When that creature dies, you put X11 white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is the power. Yeah. 
And it's got a cool picture of this uh, guy with like three daggers in his back lying on the ground and these like, uh, I guess they're actually in guilders. I wouldn't say Boros, but they're not. They're just these guys looking around trying to work out what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool. You know, when you kill an important person, the cops come to call. So. Yeah. I like I mean, the, the main downside to this obviously is it can, you can, your opponent can play around it with if there's any sort of pacifism style effect or there may not be. There may not be. But we can't see the future, just speculating. But any sort of pacifism, any kind of bounce, is going to just circumvent this, and you've wasted a card. But outside of that, sure, it's cool. There's odd duality with murder investigation that, you know, if you sort of want to trigger it, then and you want your creature to die, then, yeah, sure, you can probably do a unfavorable block and get your creature to die. But the creatures which you want to die are probably the rubbish creatures. Yeah. Like... You know, the, the one ones or the two twos, and then you get like two one ones. It's like, I don't care. The ones you really want to like hit off murder investing great is something like your world spine worm as an extreme example, where you get 15 one one guys. But then, <laughs> yeah, you don't want, well, okay, world spine worm is a terrible example for a whole manner of reasons, but you kind of don't want it to die because you just want to go turn sideways, hit you for 15, but. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to see something in black which allows you to sacrifice your guys. So you can play this, sack your guy, get a bunch of, convert it into a bunch of tokens. There is. Uh, moving straight on to another card. Undercity Plague. Four double black sorcery. It's rare. Target player loses a life, discards a card, and sacks a permanent. Hey! I thought maybe you probably want to do that on your opponent. Yay. And Cypher. Because if you target no, you cast it again, so you get to choose a new target each time. Yep, every time you cast a card, you get a new target, yep. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, as a rare, I mean, you need... I think with the Cypher cards, I'm seeing a theme that if the card didn't have Cypher, you probably wouldn't play it. Like, would you spend six mana to make somebody lose the life, discard a card, and sack a permanent? No. Because at six mana, they could potentially just go, okay, I lose a life... I discard a land and I sack a land I don't need. And you spend six mana. But, with, <laughs> but w- w- once you get Cypher, it starts making things... like you, you, I think there's a certain amount of times you're going to need to get the Cypher kicking off before these cards are worth it. Like, they're clearly overcosted if they didn't have Cypher, but, you know, how much mana would you pay if you were able to say target sa- player loses four lives, discards four cards and sacks four permanents? Is that worth six mana? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know, Craig. I mean, sacrificing a permanent's good, discarding cards is good, but it's going to take you a long time, isn't it? Yeah, but you're kind of getting for three, because you, you know, I, I, sorry, I'm not saying, hmm, I don't know how good this is. I mean, it's just like, like for six mana, you want impact, you want grave titan, you want something that's just, your opponent goes, oh no! You know, yeah. so the, the, this card relies entirely on being able to put it on a creature that can get damage through, and your opponent not being able to deal with it. And admittedly, if he's discarding cards, and he, especially if he's got not many cards in hand, just to discard it before you choose which creature to encode this on. But if he's got any way of removing your creature, then uh, you've wasted a lot of mana. I mean, there's going to be some enablers. I mean, flyers are always handy. Um, there are, there is somewhere an unblockable evolve creature. It, oh god! Um, but it does. <laughs> it starts off as a zero one, 
Uh, sorry, zero four. Elusive Crassus, it's unblockable, but it is a zero four with evolve. Uh, so we're gonna get, we're gonna get, uh, the, what was that guy's name? Invisible Stalker situation again, are we? No, no, there's no unblockable hexproof. Right, right. Um, <laughs> they've learned their lesson. I remember, um, I must have been, um, uh, I can't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure Mark Rosewater said, if they could redo Invisible Stalker, they would have said he has Hexproof as long as he's not equipped. Because once you can see the dagger in his hand, you can see where he is. I thought yeah, you cast spells yeah. him, but anyways. So, no, I think they've learned the Invisible Stalker mistake. Mm. So, but there, I mean, you know, there is, uh, when we do draft, so, we're currently drafting Triple Return to Ravica. Yeah. Then we will be drafting Triple Gay Crash. Uh-huh. And then we'll be drafting Dragon's Maze Gay Crash Return to Ravnica. Yeah. In fact, you have told me this before, Craig. I just yeah. completely ignored you. I remember hearing this now that you see it again. So you're going to be picking up the Cypher cards and then going, come on, Soul Sworn Spirit. Come on, Soul Sworn Spirit. <laughs> it's in blue. It's unblockable. <laughs> it has power off the bat. That's, I mean, that's the card you're hoping for once you have some Cypher. That's actually quite exciting, Craig, because by that time we'll have, uh, we'll have forgotten all the, everything we know about Return to Ravnica. <laughs> I hope not. They'll be like new cards again. They'll be like, woo! (laughs) Oh wow, Armory Guard, what a bomb! (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to Dormney Raid. You see? You'll you'll have to tell me about this one, Craig. He is one, a red and a green. He is a planeswalker. (gasps) So we have a new planeswalker, a gruel planeswalker. Um, He has three loyalty when he comes out. So what can he do? Plus one. You may look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. Nice. So he likes creatures, um, which is good because has minus two ability. Target creature you control fights another target creature. Nice. So he fishes out the creature and then, you know, you play it and then you can make a fight another creature. And cause you're, you know, gruel, you're probably winning the fight because you're big yeah. and nasty. Now, if you can move him from three loyalty all the way up to the Magnificent Seven, then for his minus seven ultimate ability, you get an emblem. Creatures you control have double strike. Trample, <laughs> hexproof, and haste. Yeah, I mean, you're winning the game straight off there, aren't you? That, uh, yeah, double strike. Uh, I'm doing twice the damage, which is always trampling. Uh, you can't cast spells at me, and all my creatures come out quick. Yeah, that Craig, is just a game over, isn't it? You see Planeswalkers. Yeah. Do you think you should just rename Ultimate as in minus this amount, you win the game? No. Because <laughs> I mean, <it's> not... <laughs> quite often that's the case. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm sure I've heard the argument before that, you know, it's nice to have an emblem which says creatures you control have blah blah but if you've got no creatures... This is true. Um, You know. Yeah, I'd like a way to interact with emblems. Like, just say, like, destroy an emblem or something like that. Or... Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get to the stage where I wouldn't mind some way to interact with emblems somehow. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of your own fault for letting it get there, but... Uh... Yeah, but, um... Yeah, I mean... Uh, I can't think... Of, uh, to be honest, I can't think in limited a particular example where an emblem's come out and I haven't died very quickly, and thought, oh, if I only I could get rid of this emblem, then I could be back in the game, but instead I'm sort of constantly on the back foot because this emblem's came out. Like, that doesn't yeah. really happen unlimited. Normally it's, I emblem, you're dead. 
but in in Commander, which is the other format I guess I play the most, you know, when Emily comes out, it's like, uh, that's now there. I can't deal with it, but I'm not dead yet, but I'm dead in some point in time. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Yeah, I suppose it's, uh, you've got the opportunity to stop it. And yeah. the previous four turns, when he was looking at the top of his library. And, and Dorm, Dormery feels a bit like, um, Tobolt, that he starts pretty small, he, he only gets one counter each turn, and it's your fault if he hits the ultimate, because then you do lose, because, and then you deserve it, because he's been advancing so slowly up the ranks. Yeah. I mean, he's got everything going for him, though. He costs three mana, which is good. Yep. And he's got the ability to protect himself. So, you know, that's yeah. what you want in a planeswalker, isn't it? And he's got a useful ability which allows you to draw cards. Card draw, protect himself. Mm-hmm. Happy with that. He's a good planeswalker, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think probably the minus two may be the most useful, but the problem with the minus two is you can only do it once off the bat, then you need to plus one. But I think f- fighting creatures, because you're probably going to have the biggest creatures. Yeah. It's quite clean removal. Yeah, I mean, you'd pay three, the three mana just to minus two them and then let them get hit, wouldn't you? You know, because you could just say pay three mana, fight creatures, and prevent yourself from taking X damage in combat or whatever. Yeah, that's that's how I was used to view to bolts. So it was like two mana to discard a card, draw a card, and have four life or three yeah. life. You know, this this guy's better than to bolt. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I like. I like. I like to bolt though. <laughs> I must be the only person that liked to bolt. I think you possibly are. <laughs> to bolt was rubbish. Tabolt draws you cards! No, I'm not, I'm not talking about Tabolt. <laughs> this guy's the same, he draws you cards. And that's what you want. You're, you have to accept the risk involved, like, Tabolt was the same, there was a risk involved with drawing cards, but you just had to accept it. Cause you looked at your hand and you said, I need a card, I will look at my hand, I'll draw a card and see what happens. This guy's kinda of the same, except your odds of drawing a card are dependent on how creature heavy your deck is. So you just need a creature heavy deck to make this guy value, you know. Let's see. I like Skullcrack. Ah, Skullcrack. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, sorry, so Skullcrack. One in a red. Instant. Uncommon. Players can't gain life this turn. Damage yeah. can't be prevented this turn. Skullcrack deals three damage to target player. Yeah, I mean, this is the sort of card that's going to incite me to cause physical damage to my opponent. Just because <laughs> I'm going to be like, ah, Skullcrack! <laughs> I, I, I love this card flavor-wise, like, Skullcrack. Check. A law yeah. mage's argument was clever and well-reasoned, but Blunk's response proved irrefutable. And what's on the picture? An Azorus guild mage being thwacked over the head with a hammer by a minotaur. <laughs> it just says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, that's nice. It's that's like nice. I, I can't, I can't dispute your reasoning. However, hammer to the face. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and I just like the 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 response to life gain. It's, it's like, and I gain life. No, you don't actually. You don't gain lives from whatever you did there. Yeah. In fact, lose lives. You know. Yep. Oh. And even even if the rock try to gain lives, you still get to do three damage. The only. The only downside here is obviously there's no way of hurting a creature with it. So is is this a trap, Craig? Is this card a trap? Is this similar to a life gain card? I don't think so. You don't think so? Like um, 
So I'm trying to remember. This sounds stupid. Trying to remember exactly what damage can't be prevented this turn means. Like I understand someone like Drew's Deliverance stops working. I think that also means protection from stops working. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I mean, I don't. Have we seen any? I don't think we've seen any protection from creatures, but you know, that's there. And it's two mana for three damage. That's yeah. the same as Searing Spear. Yeah, but it's not because you can't affect the board with it. True, but I mean, I, I don't know. I never played properly back then. Was Lava Axe ever a card? Because that was five mana for five damage. Mm, yeah, but the, see, the thing with Lava Axe is, no, I, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is that good. But the the threat with Lava Axe is you only need to get the life total to five and then you can kill them with it. You know, it's like, can you could technically win the game with it, but outside of that, it's not really worth it because you don't affect the board. I, I think this can cast them out when they do the math. They go, yeah, sure. I attack with everyone and then I gain enough life and then no matter what he does next turn, I can win. And they swing yeah. in with everyone, leaving themselves open. You go, hmm, skull crack you. You don't gain the life. You've taken three more damage. You've left yourself open and now I've got you. Yeah, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Like, if somebody was to cast a sorry, Angel's Mercy style card, let's say, I gain seven lives, then technically you've just done ten damage to them with Skullcrack. Yeah. That's one way of looking at it. But my hesitation with it is that you don't get to kill anything. No, I, I definitely see that weakness of Skullcrack, that it doesn't hit a creature. Yeah. And it's not that big a deal. Like, three damage isn't that big a deal that it's going to swing the game massively or... Uh, actually, like, put your opponent in a position where they really don't want to go, like, they don't want to go to three lives, woo! Like, yeah. they, they didn't want to go to three lives anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not Soren's Vengeance or anything, you know? True. So, the, it's maybe a sideboard card even, you know? But I still like it. I still like that. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the flavour, so. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's, I think that's why I liked it. Yep. Right, I think we're done with the previews. Till next time. Until next time, there will be even more. I do like the Simic Guild Gate. It's very pretty. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> shifting <laughs> on. Um, yeah, I guess we're done then. Yeah, okay. If you say so. Uh, unless there's, there's more you wish to chat about. Um, can we talk about Minecraft? I think the fact we've been talking about too much constructed is enough of a deviation while we're going into a completely different game. Okay, okay. Right, okay. <laughs> right, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Remember, if you wish to get in touch with us, you can via Tumblr, Facebook, Gmail, and Twitter. Uh, your host for this week were me, Craig, and you, Steve. That's me! The intro and outro music is by Kevin McLeod. The name of the song is A Cannery and is royalty free music license of the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Just reassures me that this is the direction that mythics are going in. The oh, I'm getting a phone call, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, carry on. I'm just, I'll answer this phone call. Okay, cool. Hello. What do you mean? Yes. I can hear you. I'm recording, but... He's recording.
Okay. No worries. <laughs> Craig, I can hear you. Craig, I can hear you. Craig, you didn't mute your Hello. microphone. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> I, I could hear you, Craig. Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't. The problem with this, I don't have a mute button. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Oh, I've got one on Skype, don't I? Hmm.